Welcome to Adulting on a Spectrum. I'm Aileen Lam, an autistic author and photographer, and I co-host this podcast with Andrew Camero. Hi, Aileen. My name is Andrew Camero, an autistic entrepreneur. Today, our guest is Trenton. Uh, Trenton is 33 years old, currently lives with his girlfriend. He has five jobs, and he's passionate about Broadway and movies. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. For coming so we like to start our episodes off uh we ask each guest how they prefer to be identified and we don't mean uh she her or uh, your pronouns although you're welcome to share those as well we mean person with autism on the spectrum uh autistic i don't give a shit um <laughs> no preference uh what is what is yours um i really don't i'm not the type of person who cares to be like identified like it just doesn't matter to me if i were to pick a word i just say i'm autistic and if you're curious my pronouns are he and him so um but yeah like some people like to be identified differently just doesn't really matter to me yep that's why we asked thank you for sharing yeah and that's the answer we get most of the time uh, <laughs> it's funny because on the internet you would think that people have very strong preferences but most of the guests we've had are like, eh, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us about your diagnosis journey? How old were you when you were diagnosed? Um, when did your parents tell you about your autism? All of that. Um, I believe I was diagnosed when I was five years old. It wasn't so much as like, oh, they told me. I just figured it out as it went along that I behaved differently than everybody else because how do you tell a child that? Like, they're not really gonna understand like, oh, you behave different. You're, you're neurologically, you have a neurological disorder. So as I grew up, like they would tell me I'm autistic, but I never really knew what that meant. So I would just kind of figure it out as I go. And I, when I would work with therapists, they would kind of explain to me what was going on with me. And I, all I really knew growing up is that I struggled socially. I wasn't good with conversation and starting conversation, but as, as I got better, they kind of explained that's just part of the condition or the disorder, I should say. So is that the thing that you noticed the most uh, when uh, you were starting to figure out that you were different? Was it like your difficulty with uh, conversations? Were like yeah, like social situations, not just conversations, but I... I, let's just say I behaved differently than everyone else and people were kind of just like not scared but like just surprised how I took everything differently than everybody else that like um one thing I remember like autistic that we don't process pain like everyone else does so it's very different for us and I think that kind of alarmed a few people and I, I um what do you mean by that that's not something that we've really spoken about much on the podcast have we Eileen um but it's no. definitely true how do you experience pain how, how is that different for you um let's just like obviously when you're younger things will hurt but um like like how people I don't really know how to explain it but like what would hurt for someone else doesn't really hurt for me it like like let's just, like I live okay. Um, here's an example. I work at a a movie theater, 
Yep. And we were around popcorn, so you know the hot oil. Mm -hmm. Like I've had hot oil like on my skin, and it would like burn the flesh and stuff like that. Never really reacted to it. It would sting for a bit, and then I just put some like anti-burn stuff on it. I I would never like. It, let's just say some guy might be like, oh, okay, better take care of that. I wouldn't be like reacting like, oh my God, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. I wouldn't be like, you know, drawing a scene to it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's something um, I I don't experience, but I, I know that many do. And it's not something that's, I think, talked about as much as it should be, right? Especially when you have individuals who also are maybe more like, you know, Eileen son, right? And maybe, um, you know, don't have the as good communication to like say when they're hurt or to be able to notice or to seek help in general. You know, I'm I'm bad enough wanting to go to the doctor as it is, right? Let alone, <laughs> you know, if you don't feel the pain. Yeah. Um, well, I thought I thought it was just a me thing. Like I thought, okay, that's just a me thing that nobody else really goes through that. But then, um, there was this TV show I grew up watching called The Proud Family. And they brought it back on Disney Plus and new episodes came out. And then they focused on autism because one of the family members was diagnosed with autism because he was displaying behaviors. Like, not like to the point where, oh, it would challenge him. He would just need a lot more attention, like, and work to process everything. But I remember, like, I think there's like one scene where they put an ice cube on him for like a reflex text or something like that. And he just sits there and just doesn't react to it at all. Doesn't do quick turns. He doesn't really react to it in any way. And I'm like, that, that's a bit odd. That's what kind of what I like, even for like the little jolt, like the reflex thing where they jam the little hammer in here to get a reflex, never really processed it the way until I saw that. So I realized, okay, it's not just me doing that. And that's, that's, I think is just a great portrayal of what it's like it, for some autistic people. Granted, not everyone can do it, but I think some people are all along the lines like that. You know, it's very interesting because, so I have two sons on opposite ends of the spectrum. One of them is nonverbal, severe. The other is higher functioning like, like us. And mm -hmm. My son was severe autism. Yes, such a high pain tolerance, exactly what you are describing. Like sometimes he even laugh when he gets hurt. But like, you oh. know, like we're talking about like dozens of uh, fire ants bites and things like that, that most people would be like screaming in pain and he's just like laughing about it. See, my I, I know that very well. My brother is nonverbal as well. I remember we went to this doctor appointment to test what we were allergic to. So what they would do was like mark numbers on your back and do a different formula each time. And it, I'm not going to lie, but like, to be fair, I was younger. So it, it itches, but I wasn't like crying within pain. Like it, it itched and I, and you couldn't scratch. So you were like that for a good long time and it irritated your skin. My brother though, we had to hold him down. He he really couldn't process in, especially when we had to tell him we can't do anything yet. We can't scratch it. And like, he was irritated. Like he, he doesn't really react to it that way, but I kind of get the situation. Like, cause my brother's nonverbal and I'm high functioning. So I know that I know the differences in that very well. So 
Yeah, that's that's super interesting. And actually, my son had the exact same allergy test done, and the nurse commented and was like, "I've never seen a child not react to that test because they have to press the thing on his back pretty hard." He didn't even flinch, and he was like, "I've never seen this." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I I hated that. So <laughs> yeah, I I I remember. Yeah, they couldn't figure out what I was allergic to. So yeah, I hated that. I, <laughs> They don't do that as much anymore, right? I think. No, I, I don't. I, at least I, as far as I know, like, but to be fair, like, I don't really have those many allergies. I think I just have spring allergies and that's really it. But it, it is a tricky process to just sit there and not really just do what you normally do. Because if anything, not doing anything makes it worse. But it's for research. It's for research, so. What is the most difficult thing about your autism? Would you say that that's it? And if it is, uh, what is your favorite thing? Um, I think the most difficult thing for me is it's sarcasm is the one I struggle with the most. Like I'm always the guy that will take things literally, but I'm more better now. I'm I'm better than I was before. Granted, lots of training and speech therapists and stuff like that. But it's also hard trying to kind of explain to people because autism spectrum is such a wide range. Like you could just be, oh, it's Asperger's syndrome. But the, even so, there's like a bit of a s stretch in that aspect because people like will say autism spectrum. But for me, yeah, like the sarcasm is definitely the thing. The thing I actually enjoy the most about it, probably the intelligence that comes with it because one thing i've noticed like with autism people and this is a common trope i kind of see in movies like we're kind of highly intelligent in certain things like like i've met a kid um who like there who at one point was obsessed with the beatles and knew every album every track list every outfit like on all the members that were the, the original four to the past members and I even met a, a kid who was obsessed with trains. And like, I'm not talking like, oh, he knew this. He knew what model. He knew like how it worked. And I'm like, this, depending on what interests you have, you could be very like highly intelligent. It's kind of mind boggling how intelligent these things are to some people. Like, because with non-autistic people, they can't really process all that information, but it, with high intelligence, depending on the certain interests, is what kind of um, is makes me happy about it. I like I like knowledge. I always like try to learn everything I can, and but I will admit I have a lot of like useless information in here sometimes. So, so what's really funny is Eileen and myself are both extremely sarcastic. Um, we actually realize that is not the norm for autism, um, but we are very, we, we, we assume sarcasm with each other um, until, you know, to the opposite point. <laughs> I, we, we, I put a, sar I was in a mood one time recently and I put a sarcasm warning for our podcast. I said we should do that, but we didn't this time. Anyway, um, and then, but when you say intelligence, right, I mean, I don't know if intelligence is the right word because also, you know, half the population has, you know, an intellectual disability with autism. Um, but then there's also too, you know, 
having an intense knowledge about something really specific or like a love for something, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's, again, special interest is what you kind of mean by like, like a passion, like a passion yeah. or a, like and a I love. Think, and I think a lot of, and I think a lot of ways, you know, passion can trump, you know, general intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. You know, knowing everything about a particular subject, you know, well, depending on the subject can be useful. Oh, I'm saying okay. like, like you take like a non- Aut- non-spect autistic person and an autistic person and you put them in the, like they have the same interests like i feel like the autism person would know like a little bit more information because they would be like i think there's this like 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 there's like the autistic people want to learn more they have this desire to know how everything works like from like the little bits to the big bits whereas and it just blows my mind like how intelligent they are and these are supposed to be like challenged people like and people assume oh challenge means like disabled it's a disadvantage which i don't really see it that way at all i just see it as a new way of looking at things and they are taking advantage of that like that's just what i mean by it i'm not saying it as like a bad thing it's just like a new way of looking at things. And we were told, like my, my life, I was told like, oh, an apartment, not gonna happen. Like car, driving, not gonna happen. We are always kind of like told no. And I was, and I like, and now, cause compared to where I grew up, we didn't have these accessibility things and these people that were teaching stuff like this. And now it's just completely changed. But going on to your point, um, like there, there is a, an intelligence that comes with it in certain things for most people on the spectrum. Some people, of course, are like nonverbal. So, but even my brother, who's like nonverbal, he's really highly intelligent. I just don't think people really are willing to see more than that. And that's kind of sad, at least for me. That's a good point. Some autistic people who are nonverbal don't have an intellectual disability. And there is just much more than we can see at, at first glance. But then there are also autistic people like my son who are nonverbal and also have the intellectual disability. So it's difficult. There's there's a lot out there. Um, so how did you meet your girlfriend? Uh, we've had some uh, people involved with uh, Love on the Spectrum. Do you know that TV show? yeah oh no that like my i gotta tell you the truth my mom was like begging me to do that show when i was single like like she's like well because it was an australian show for a while and then i think they brought it to america but that's the thing with the show they're focused on autistic people who are a couple or sometimes i think i can't remember there's this one guy who's been on it quite a lot i can't remember his name but um like they will follow random relationships and there's really no limit that they won't go to. But to answer your question, and I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I used to like crap on Tinder a lot, but I did do it because I really, you can, you, you can, you can talk crap about it all you want, but unless you try it, you, you can't really say you have a, an opinion on it. So I did try it. And the one thing they don't tell you is there's a lot of people advertising their OnlyFans in like Snapchats, but um, we managed to match. But we started talking for a while, and 
we just weirdly clicked. Like it was very fast how we did things, but our opinions were not just very similar, but like we had the same interest. Like, cause our, the truth is like, I'm not, I'm going to say this. You don't meet guys that are interested in Broadway shows or Disney like I am. And which, which I think to answer your question earlier, you asked me what, like what my interests are. There's like movies, TVs, Broadway, basically almost anything in the entertainment industry. I, I almost know what's going on, but to like, like we had similar interests and weirdly things just clicked. And then, um, we started dating and things were going well. And I think it's about to be a year in September. Nice. Congrats. Thanks. And the funny thing was she was actually going to move this summer before she met me. She was thinking about going to Utah with her friend and then just somehow, I guess I convinced her to stay. Okay, so speaking of your special interest, um, do you live close to New York City and do you get to see much uh, Broadway? I don't live close to New York City. I unfortunately live in Texas, but I actually just went to New York May of this year. We have been planning it for a while and we saw, I think, um, like five shows. We pretty much did a whole bunch of Broadway shows, walked around the city. Um, the shows were, and I, I don't know if you're like Broadway people or theater people at all, but I I don't think you know the shows. But basically, um, we saw Sweeney Todd, which is like one of the most phenomenal shows ever. I think you'll most people be familiar for it with the Johnny Depp film. Yeah, so but, Josh Groban is playing, uh, or is... Yes, I know this because this is what I got my wife for her birthday were tickets to uh, Sweet yeah. God. So. No, yeah. Um, we remember it was, um, I think it was just um, Annalie Ashford and Josh Groban that was announced. And it had been rumored for a while. It was like the worst kept secret. And I said, I was originally going to go with my cousin, but uh, she wanted to pursue her career more. So I just asked her she happily wanted to come because she had never really seen a professional production and so we saw the cast and it just blew us away i said like we have to go and i haven't been to new york in like years and i really needed that theater bug in me but we checked out a bunch of other shows like parade which just won best revival of a musical which is the story of a jewish man named leo frank who was wrongfully convicted of a crime he did not commit and the whole show is basically just him going through that and what, because it's a true story because they were kind of being, because it was in Georgia, I think in 1920s. So it was very prejudiced and he had to deal with that. And then um, we, also, we also checked out Six. I don't know if you've heard of that show, but it's a, like a big thing right now. We were just bored on a Monday They're, and Mondays, they don't really play a lot of Broadway shows because it's a day off, but we checked, basically it's, king henry's the eighths i think six wives like anne boleyn and like his other queens they're doing a pop concert and it's so crazy but i i love it it i have seen the show before but i i i do i definitely love this production more then we saw um peter pan goes wrong which i don't know if you know the play goes wrong and stuff like that basically these guys are 
like the worst actors, worst community theater, and 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 it it's all planned. It's not like oh, things are going crazy, but um, basically they're putting on a Peter Pan production and just everything goes horribly wrong. Actors get hurt. Um, props come to sing, like and just everything goes chaotic. And then what was the other show we checked out? We checked out the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child show. Both parts. So actually, ever since the pandemic, they um, have combined it into one show. It's three Thank and a half. God. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I heard that. I heard that. Like there were some parts. Like we, if we could, we would have done both. But like they changed everything to, to I think, for the sake of the actors. But no, um, we had a great time. We are slowly looking for an excuse to go back. So we're just keeping up with what's going on on Broadway. Like, I remember there's a play, and I it, it broke my heart. I started crying. There was a play I had been a fan of that's actually coming to New York um, in a few weeks. It's called The Shark is Broken, which is a story about um, Richard Dreyfuss, Robert Shaw, and Roy Scheider when they were filming Jaws, because I'm a big fan of the movie Jaws. Eileen, have you seen Jaws? <clears throat> she Eileen hasn't even seen Star Wars, so she doesn't know um, anything you're talking about. No, but it's basically like a giant, like a killer shark is honey is terrorizing this beach and is like killing people in the water. And basically, it's about the actors filming that movie. And I'm like a huge fan of Jaws, and I wanted to check out the play, but it was opening like two or three months after we left, so I was so pissed about it. I know of Joe's, and that sounds like a... I know the music, too. Yeah, no, but this is like a straightforward oh, yeah. like play. But it's Robert Shaw, Robert Shaw's son. Robert Shaw was in the original movie, and his son is playing him. So what musical would you like them to turn into a movie next? Oh, my God. Um, that's such a hard question, Or too. what movie would you like that... Or, or, or vice versa. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, as for musicals to turn into a movie, I don't think um, it's not really the musical, but I think it's a great story to tell, probably Parade. Just but it's such a like tragic story. But also um, one of the shows I recently saw that I loved was Hades Town, which is a like it's about the story of Eurydice and Orpheus. It's like Greek mythology, but we've got kind of like a different spin on it, like New Orleans. But as for movie turning into a musical, there's such a wide range. But um, I definitely think um, probably Tangled or Encanto or maybe Coco even could have a place on Broadway. But that's my Disney aspiration because I'm a big Disney fan. So so speaking of some more musicals, have you seen, um, I assume you have, now, uh, the curious incident of the dog in the night. If so, what did you think? And if you want to share with our audience and Eileen, who doesn't know anything um, about, uh, you know, yes, media, so of, of what it's about, etc. Base, I, I, it's been a while, but I just saw it recently. So, I believe it's the story of a guy, uh, a little a man who's on the spectrum with all Asperger's syndrome. And he's trying to um, solve like a mystery of why his neighbor's dog was killed. 
And it just, without giving too much away, it just leads into this crazy story that spirals out of control. And that's all I can really say without spoiling it. But I did see the play when it was touring and I, cause I happened to work at the theater cause I have two other jobs where, I mean, what two of my five jobs are basically ushers at a performing arts center theater one and the big Broadway shows tour at those venues. So I saw it when it was in town and I saw it when they filmed it and put it on the big screen again. And um, what I loved about the show, it, it did a great job of putting you in his shoes and understanding the struggle like of he doesn't process information like we do and you slowly learn to understand what it's like in his shoes because there's this scene in the where I believe he's in a subway and he's never really processed something like this because it's very overwhelming especially if it's I think a London like it's London subway because those places are very big very packed and I've never, I don't think I've ever told anyone this except my mom. There's literally a scene where he's just like walking through and trying to find his way out. And it was loud for me. Like they, they, I feel like they intentionally turned up the volume to make you understand how he felt in those situations. And I literally had to leave, uh, like go out in the hall for like a minute or two to calm down the senses and recalibrate in a way, I guess. And I respect the show for making, I feel like they did their research to make you understand or make you feel like how he felt in that situation. And yeah, I thought um, even the actor who played uh, the kid did phenomenal. Andrew, was that what you were thinking about the, the show? Yeah. 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 And I think, I think it, it again, it was like, but it was uh, the uh, there was the autistic representation, right? Like I think the people who developed it or played in it, you know, wasn't. Um, I, I've heard good things. I haven't seen it, so. But I. People are gonna have opinions on it. Like, is it the most like authentic representation? No, but like, I I think it's one of the better ones, considering other other portrayals of it. Yeah. So. Uh... Do you have five jobs? Like that seems like a lot. Is that because you want to, or because I, it's it's mostly because I want to? But to be fair, let me clarify something. Some of these jobs are like once or a few times a month. But the job I do the most is I'm a manager at a movie theater. I, like I'll spend most of my time doing that. But most of the other jobs, um, require like a certain amount of work, a few, a, few, a certain amount of times. But then again, shows aren't always coming to town certain months. So if there's nothing there, there's just nothing to do. So they won't schedule people. But when people when the shows come, they'll schedule people. Uh, we have a, a local or theater here where plays come, and a lot of times they don't pay the people to do the plays. But then you get to see see the play for free. So it's a good way to do something you like and get yeah. to see. Play. One of my theaters does that, and the other one actually pays people. So. Yeah, I, I could I could see it being, you know, beneficial either way. Um, so what is your favorite job and why would you do it full time if you could? Or do you like having a million different jobs? A million, um, five. Like if I had a job I could do full time, probably a uh, manager at a movie theater. But I like the fact that I have multiple jobs just because 
I feel like sometimes I need a break because the truth is about cinema, like the movie theater I work at, um, there's, there's going to be upset customers and sometimes it's just so overwhelming, especially for someone in my shoes to like, cause you, you can't make everyone happy, unfortunately. And sometimes I just need a break from that. So I go work somewhere else and there's not as much of that. There's most of the, hell, heck, most of the job you're by yourself and not really interacting with the customers. You're just making sure nothing crazy happens. And you're just really coasting the theater and keeping an eye. No, nobody's filming or something like that. And I need a break from that every once in a while. So it, it's more of like a mental health thing. Cause if I were to do the similar thing full time and like not do other jobs, I don't think I can handle it. So what are your favorite types of movies to watch while you're on Netflix and chilling with your girlfriend? Oh man. Um, I'm really an open book. I really like anything, but I will say I, I love animation as well. I'm I'm real not just like oh Disney and stuff like that. I'm really a wide range of like anything animated, like whether it's stop motion, computer images, or drawings. I personally love those type of films, but there's always going to be a soft place for maybe some horror movies. I know that's not everybody's thing, but I do love that stuff. I I like um. Not necessarily horror, more like the mindfuck category. Don't know how else to put it. Or like, like more like thriller. I, I don't like jump scares. So mm -hmm. something that'll like, you know, like cheap. I mean, I guess, yeah. So I mean, more more the psychological thrillers, I guess. No, um, yeah, those those are always great as well. Like, I like what's in the, what's that really good one? Like, I can't remember. Like Fight Club would be one, right? Fight Club, yes, I, I, I would, I would put Fight Club in that category. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, that's a great. I mean, one, have you but... seen Fight Club? Yes, I have. Just because Brad Pitt is shirtless, or pretty, pretty. <laughs> much? Oh, Brad Pitt actually is filming a movie about Formula One right now. Now you're gonna get me into my special interest, and it's gonna be amazing. He was at Silverstone, uh, last, uh, last weekend, filming the. Mm -hmm. movie. He was like, he did the formation lap with the other drivers on on track. Oh, is that the one where he's doing like sports cars and stuff like that? Yeah. That's the yeah, one. I, I, I have heard about it. I think it's like an Apple movie or something like that. Yep, it is. It's going to be amazing. Like the fact no, that yeah. I, like, I really can't wait. Like he is such a talented performer. But I think for like psychological thrillers, my favorite one would be I don't know if this is really considered one, but Joker. Oh. Like, because it, in fact, it, you don't like the way I see the film, and I, I really don't think the film gets a lot of credit. Yes, it's kind of the superhero thing, but it does something different with it. I like what it says about society that the world sometimes is going to like, especially because in the film, they don't, they cut the funding for like mental health and like um, treating patients with mental illnesses and the consequences of that. If you are not like a little bit more kinder to people, they're eventually going to react in a very violent way. And I, it's just kind of true about our society today with, and like, and I just like what the film has to say, like, 
because you don't know what's real and what's not for all I know if you know it's going to be a trick and I know they just filmed Joker 2 um, but it's going to be a while before we see that I think October 2024 I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions now so you tell me the first answer that comes to your mind it's like quick mm -hmm. ready what's your favorite food um, probably apple pie <laughs> favorite Broadway star Ooh, um, just give me a minute. Probably Kirsten Chenoweth. Favorite actor? Probably Johnny Depp. Any role model with autism? Um, as far as I know, I don't think there is. With like, specifically autism. I know there's like, and then people in the industry that are like autistic, but it's not really confirmed. So I don't know if there's someone there yet. Favorite color? Purple. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. That was uh, Thank you so much. I feel like I learned about movies, which mm -hmm. I have a lot to learn, as Andrew said. I... <laughs> yeah. It, well, but what, oh, what was it where I like dumped on you some like info and you're like, that will never be my special interest. Was it was it like it was it light bulb related? It's been my kick lately. Or no, like... no, some finance shit. I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, oh yeah, what? Wait, why did I tell you this? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was. It was well, so you can you can uh, you can talk to me about Formula One sometime. So <laughs> I know you I know you go in a circle very fast. <laughs> so you got that? Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much, Trenton. And uh, I'll send you a link when the episode is live. Uh, but that was great. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.